Blog Talk Radio. through this nighttime that seems to be going on forever and ever. 
So Shine welcome. Shine on me. Shine on you and Jamie too. <laughs> Thank you. Hi, <laughs> Roger. That was pretty profound for me. <laughs> so, so everything is functioning here. We're all up. Check the messages. <clears throat> and uh, Blog Talk Radio is up. And the Twitter link is up. And the Facebook link is up. We're all coming to you from the Creative Nexus, Nexus Cafe. Pretty wild. So how is everybody today? Jamie, how are you? I'm doing great. I'm enjoying this. The music was wonderful. Oh, thank you. And you're over your cold now, I take it? Yeah, we I am. Yeah. How about you, Natasha? Go ahead. I'm here. (laughs) Just barely. (laughs) Who's looking? Was that you, Jamie? You're looking? I'm looking on uh, Twitter for the link to see what you're you're, uh, posting. I posted, too. Oh, thank you very much. Yeah, the the blog talk player is kind of fun. We put pictures up and uh, let people see who we are. And uh, we also have a program layout there that I'm looking at now that seems to come out okay. Let's see if the link, well, the link doesn't seem to be working. Well, there's always something with this technology, but it's always fun. So we thank you for being with us today, Jamie. Well, thank you for the invitation. Yeah, long awesome overdue. Awesome to have you. Yeah. So, um in a few, I'm going to be going over to the corner here in the studio and doing a few other things, and then Natasha is going to take it from there. Right, Natasha? That's right, Roger. I'm going to do my best, too, anyway. And then, you know, she's going to be handling some of the sounds, too, so um, if there's anything that I have in here, she'll let me know. And uh, we do have some interesting songs. And um, 90 minutes will go by faster than you can imagine, Jamie. Okay. Yes, it does fly. Yes, it does. So we're hanging out, doing good today, bringing the message out. Um, I have a few shout-outs, of course, which I like to do, and I'm sure Natasha has a couple or three. And... uh, we have shout-outs to Susie Clevenger and Matthew Hatt and John Anstey and the Bezine. I think I'm saying that right, Bezine, right? You are, yes. Oh, good. And uh, we're always open for new things. We're, I think, in a, uh evolutionary process from month to month or week to week. And we do like to put in, you know, as much quality as we can, despite the bloopers and the fun times and many mouses. And <laughs> well, that's what makes it fun, right? Yeah. Part of and what makes it you, fun. Yeah. Did you know that um, Natasha was a tap dancer? I didn't. <laughs> there she goes. I see. I. <laughs> <laughs> 
Gotcha, didn't I, Natasha? I, I can tap dance on my keyboard too. <laughs> Let's do it in unison. <laughs> who who says there radio can't make you blush? <laughs> That's a good one. That's my favorite one that Natasha does. So we have all kinds of little things going on. So, Natasha, what I'm going to do is, you know, kind of meld over to you. But uh, next month I think we're going to be – go ahead. Oh, no. Oh, no what? (laughs) Well, I guess it's time for me to tap dance. I was just thinking it would be wonderful perhaps to start off the uh, program with a reading of one of Jamie's pieces. Jamie Ditas, our special guest today. Oh, and a little oh, bird. What a surprise. <laughs> a little birdie. Oh, that's sweet. A very nice reading. By, here here uh, goes. Once upon a midnight, weary as I dr- wandered weekend. Th- th- well, that's what you told me, Natasha. No, I but thought, actually, I thought that who what? There was a nice the view from my place by Jamie Dita. The view read from by my place John is Anthony. that one of yours, Jamie? Is that one of yours? <laughs> yes, and John was very. It's an old one. John was very sweet and read it, which I got a kick out of for a number of reasons, not the least of which was hearing it in. Uh, with his accent instead of my Brooklynese. That was a treat. Um, the whole family enjoyed that. Yeah, he's a sweet guy and a good speaking so, voice. Yeah, so we're going to do that again to lead into you. Oh, How's well, that? thank you. That's nice. I'm tickled. I'm sure you would be, too. Once upon a midnight... Oh, that's the wrong poem. <laughs> <laughs> the view from my place. A poem by Jamie Dedes. The winds in May are still rusty from winter, and our crystal spring arrives stop and go, not here in full force yet this year, not dense enough to clear the rust or make the iris dance, though the poppies are present, and there are star lilies and peonies to tempt my eye and my wallet at the grocery. They stand alongside the strawberries, buxom and red, and on sale this morning. A sprightly breeze blew me home with promises of summer tenderness, of willow branches sashaying, and of wild grasses amassed in tangles that attract the artist's vision and able brush. My purple orchid is thriving and the bees are as fat as baby mice, clever and cute. On the mossy margins of the northern side, there are human infants and their midnight tears, waiting to be dried by serious fathers, who walk deep purple streets in slow rhythms to quiet them. Newborns, gently held, heads wobbling, like little drunks dripping saliva on their dad's 49er sweatshirts, their moms catching a rare nap. Watching quietly from my place in life, I poem. 
and they're strong. Isn't that Cute. wonderful? <laughs> he's, he's a good reader. And he teased me for using poem as a verb. Um, oh. But, yeah, yeah, he's wonderful, isn't he? And his poetry is wonderful. It's very precise. Exactly. And just a, a, a nice person, too, you know? Yes, very nice. Very and uh, so we were thinking and we thought, well, let's surprise Jamie with the view. So we thought we would I do that to start it up. Beautiful piece. An artist's eye meets a poet's pen, read by John. It's a perfect presentation. It's beautiful work, Jamie. Thank you. So that was a surprise for you, wasn't it? It was. <laughs> that you showed Roger that is out. the king of surprises. <laughs> <laughs> I love surprises. A nice surprise. <laughs> a very nice yeah. surprise. And uh, very fortunate to have that in our record room and uh, a few others. So we'll be taking a, a little bit of break here, a little bit of break there. And we want to thank so much, everybody, for supporting the Nexus Cafe and the premise of the Nexus Cafe to come in and like the old coffee houses used to do, um, bring in some artists, some musicians, sit down around and um, just have a, a good time. Cup of tea, cup of chai, cup of coffee, and uh, have the day go by. So I'm going to pass the baton to you, Natasha. How's that? Woohoo! That sounds wonderful, Roger. And if you need any other readings or musics we're here and so it's time for natasha and jamie thank you welcome jamie a well, thank a you. poet by day <laughs> thank you <laughs> so now and how I'm, are you you've been preparing I, for this i know you did a lot of hard work I've been trolling you, you know. <laughs> I know. I saw all the the, the um, entries coming from Canada more than usual, so I figured that was you. <laughs> I was on a mission. <laughs> but but again, though, that, that's how we, we, we come together and we connect here at the cafe, right? And it's about bringing artists and communities together. And you truly are a, a champion for the art and for poetry. Now, um, your website, musingbymoonlight.com, The Poet by Day, it has a wonderful introduction that I wanted to share with our listeners, just so they can get a little bit of, you know, your vibe and where you're coming from. I know you've got a number of projects on the go, but I really like this. The Poet by Day is an information hub created by a poet for poets and especially for everyone who lives and loves poetry and wishes it were their day job. This site sheds a special but not exclusive light on global arts and poetry initiatives for peace, sustainability, and social justice. I love that. She poets. Love that even more. (laughs) Minority (laughs) poets. Poets just finding their voices in maturity. Now, that's 
that's quite a statement. And if you're out there online and you're seeing all of us floundering around on our own and throwing our words out there hoping that they might get read, I mean, what an initiative to take on, Jamie. Like, you really have become a champion for voices out there. And I, I, I know that you said that, and I appreciate that. Thank you. Oh, and I mean, you, you've been on my radar. Goodness, how many years has it been? Was it 2011 it was when the Bardo Group kind of got underway? Yes. Maybe you, you can yes. tell us a little bit about your journey and how you've kind of gone from, would technical writing be the, the way to describe it, to a more artistic form? <laughs> well, I was a single mom, so I had to do the practical thing. Uh, You know, poems and other things got shoved in a dresser drawer or file cabinet, and I did what brought in the bread for us. Um, And uh, then um, I got sidelined. In 2008, I went on disability, and I sat there and thought, well, I need to do something productive. Even if I'm at home, there's got to be a way to do it, and thank God for technology, Right. That does, it's a mixed blessing, but it opens up doors. And I started blogging, had no idea what I was going to do with that. Did, barely had any idea what a blog was. And the blog has had many incarnations, but where the poet by day is now is where it's going to stay. And then around 2.11, um, I uh, decided to start a blog called Into the Bardo. And the bardo, if you're familiar with Tibetan Buddhism, is kind of like what purgatory is to Christianity, to Christians. It's um, a place where Tibetans believe you go when you die and you're waiting to reincarnate. And um, we, I, I invited two other people who I felt needed the outlet to join me. We belong to a Buddhist group for people with life-threatening illness. And um, they have since passed on. Um, one is a, was um, Ann Emerson, who is actually in the Bay Area where I live. It's fairly well known, was fairly well known as a poet. She did not come to poetry, hugely talented, did not come to poetry until she ended up in a class for people who were dealing with cancer. And so it was toward the end of her life that she found poetry as her expression, and before she died, she made it into um, uh, American Poetry publication, which is huge here. Um, So it was wonderful, four poems in there before she died. It was great. We were very happy about that. At any rate, traveling around the the Internet and all that time, there's these hugely talented people out there. Some are professional, some are amateurs, Amateur not being, you know, anything bad just means you're not making a living with it. doesn't mean you're not capable and you don't have something to say, right? And from all over the world. And what I'm seeing is that um, we really have all the same hope and dreams. We may eat different food at our festivals. We may have different kinds of celebrations. We want the same thing. And Mm. I thought, why not bring people together in one place who have different backgrounds, who just write or do art or do music out of their experience, but we're showing in one place that, hey, we, we really are the same. Um, we're not other. 
uh, I, I like to remind people that the Dalai Lama said um, in uh, Ten Questions to the Dalai Lama, which is a wonderful movie, by the way, um, he said we need more festivals. And what he meant by that, of course, is if we sit down and break bread with people, if we eat a bowl of rice with someone, it's going to be hard to turn around the next day and slaughter them or see them yes. together. Well, yes. if we're reading each other's poetry, how much more honest do we get than that? If we're listening to each other's music, if we're looking at each other's art, that's the ultimate breaking bread. That's the ultimate life-giving source. And so it's a very modest thing, but it's a small way, I hope, helps to contribute to peace and understanding. All of us who are involved with it, wonderful people, either as guests or in the core team, uh, have the same core value, nonviolence. We're all working in some part of our life, as are so many people in the world, and this is where our hope is. And where our joy is when we're looking at all the stuff that's going on that's not nice, uh, mm-hmm. that we have these huge amounts of people who really, in their own way, in their own communities, are doing things to work toward peace and understanding. So then slow but steady, but definitely growing. And um, I think that people appreciate uh, the idea behind it. They seem to. That's the feedback we get. Um so and and again we're a mix of some of us are professionals, some of us are not, um, but we all have heart. Everybody has heart in this. Amen. Um, so and people come from different, not only different cultural backgrounds, different religions, and um, some people are atheists or agnostics, secularists. Um, you know, but we all again have the same hopes and dreams. We all just want to live our lives, raise our families, do what we like to do, practice our art, practice our religion, if that's our thing. And, you know. That, so many statements you've just made gave me goosebumps because ultimately that kind of the platform I stand on, we all want the same things, no matter what you want to name them or how you want to achieve them. It seems we're all heading in the same direction, you know, health, happiness, the love of friends and family. And I'm just wondering, have you had any bumps along the way? Um, I know more than once I found myself um, very discouraged and whatnot by some of um, the activities and different groups I've been involved with. And one thing I've noticed, all your posts and your photographs, their light and their positivity and their encouraging. And, I mean, never doubt. I know a couple of these past mornings when I've been doing my research on your pages and whatnot, I've left your space feeling so much better. And that's powerful stuff, right? So I'm just wondering, how do you maintain the positivity? Because I know it can be hard doing what you're doing, and it can be discouraging sometimes. And I'm just wondering if you've ever had, you know, a bad day and what keeps you going through that. Um, Well, like anybody else, I do have a bad day here and there uh, or a bad morning or whatever. Um, But, you know, in the end, I always have to come back to – 
uh, there are just so many wonderful people in my life, offline or online, just wonderful people who are sincere and honest and true. And we're all imperfect. We're all on a journey. And that's part of what makes everybody lovable, the truth is. But um, where I get my hope is when I see what people are doing to make it good. One of the things that all of us are doing who are doing our poetry online and who are involved in our different arts groups online or offline is, um, you know, what we're doing doesn't make it into the media. Mm-hmm. And, but yeah. it's important. This is what we're doing is what's offsetting, what's helping to balance what is what we're not seeing in the media. To give you an example, we're seeing tons, tons, tons of stuff, right, about ISIS and you know, and it's very discouraging. But here, Michael Rothenberg and Terry Carrion, who um, uh, live out in Santa Cruz here in Northern California, I'm sorry, not Santa Cruz, they're in Santa Rosa, um, started 100,000 Poets for Change. I don't know if you are familiar with that. So in 2011, Michael Rothenberg posted a thing online. He wanted to get 100,000 people to work toward peace, social justice, and sustainability. It's huge. It's a huge event now. In the beginning, it was just happening in September, on on the fourth Saturday in September. Now it's all over the world. In Morocco, they're doing one a month. Wow. In Egypt, they did this wonderful thing of they did mimes for peace. Um, Saudi Arabia. Places where you think, oh, maybe people can't do it, but they're doing it. Um, uh, I decided, because I'm homebound, I decided to attach it to um, Beezine and that we would do it as a virtual event. And mm-hmm. that way people who did, who were like me um, would be able to participate and also people who um, maybe don't have an event going on in their area and are not able to organize one. So everybody can participate, and people can participate even if they have one in their area that they're um, involved with. And um, this last year really had a huge response. And Michael Dickel, who wrote um, War Surrounds Us, I recommend it. It's a stunning book of poetry, uh, lived in Israel. And and War Surrounds Us, by the way, while it's about the Israel Israeli experience, and the Arab experience, it really is war surrounds all of us, is his point. Anyway, um, he was organizing an event there, and he agreed to MC uh, and take the lead on this event for the Beezine. So he took the early part of the day. We kept it going actually more than 24 hours, and then I took the other part of the day. And um, we do have a commemorative post. Um, online on the site where people can read the poems and link to what what different people have done. And there's some artwork and some videos and so forth. Um, Anyway, long and short, to get back to your question, have you ever seen that in the newspapers? Have you ever seen a news report about it? No. There are (sighs) tons. This is happening all over the world. I think the first year or the second, no, the first year, there were actually 570 events, the first year alone. I have yet and to not see it reported anywhere. That's kind of, 
that sums it up, doesn't it? Like that's what we're up against in our in our struggle with, you know, our culture and hanging on to something that's more than just a pop trend, right? Changing the world one poem at a time when you've got an entire world celebrating this event and you can't yes. even get a blip on CNN, right? Right. And there's uh there's um drummers for change. There's under the under the banner of a hundred thousand poets for change, there are all different artists. And um anyway, so but what gives me hope is that we're do I mean, we're we're a groundswell. Um and one of the problems is the media is just not picking up what everyday people in the street like us are doing and wanting, you know, because, A, I don't know, maybe it doesn't stir up everybody's adrenaline. And it's just, you know, that sometimes it's as simple as the change that we want and what we think will make the world a better place doesn't necessarily fit their agenda. (laughs) I mean, it's so... And I mean, that's why I go online to try to uh, reach sincerity somehow in in the people I connect with, because Mm -hmm. what we're fed on a daily basis through the media channels they would have us use, and the only ones if they had their way, is just Mm -hmm. not the world I see when I'm looking out my window, right? Right. I, I won't let their fear mongering and agendas drive what I want. And again, I, I am partial and prone to it, so maybe that's part of my problem and my own discouragement. But I, I think you've just done a wonderful thing with the message that and the vibe that you get from your creations, right? I feel that hope, <laughs> and I, 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 I need it yeah. more than some. But it's just such there's so much passion behind these pages that I'm on, and there is so much sincerity, which is what. I find sometimes lacking when I dig a little deeper. But, I mean, right from opportunities for poets and writers to reading and resources, you know, somebody just looking to start sharing their own work, you've provided them a wonderful resource to get started, right? You've got introduction. It's incredible. Good job, Jamie. I'm so impressed by the Poet by Day. Thank you. And then... When we go to um, the 100,000 Poets for Change, I actually um, did host a virtual event for in 2012 because I tried to plan a real-world one, and it didn't go real well. <laughs> yeah. So, so again, right, I, just how do – can we somehow take this to the real world? Would you have any ideas on how someone might approach a project such as that if they were going to venture out? Uh, to do um, 100,000 poets in their area. I yeah. would actually, what I would suggest you do, um, and I can I, I can email Michael Rothenberg, is that you get Michael Rothenberg on your show. Right on. And, yeah. yeah, he's very forthcoming. He's I have met him. Um, he's a very gentle, sweet, uh, uh, wonderful man um, with some very good values. He walks his talk. Um and Terry Carrion, also the co-founder, is very sweet. Um, they, they, because they're actually involved with all these communities, 
um, who are doing street events, and they do one up in Santa Rosa. Um, I'm sure that um, uh, he can give you some information on that, and and I wouldn't. I plan to approach my church and see. (laughs) Um, We have a lot of people who are involved in the arts, but um, we'll see what happens because I would need somebody who's going to be there if I can't, which is always uh, a risk. You know, so there would yes. have to really be other people that are that are ready to be there on hand. And, and I think he would make a wonderful interview. He's very articulate and very outgoing. Um, the other person you could talk to is Michael Bickle. And, um, and I can get a hold of him for you, too, because uh, he went to the summit. There was a summit, if you're, I don't know if you're aware, in um, Italy. And he went to the summit. Uh, there's a piece on the blog scene that he wrote about it. Um, very interesting. And what that was, people from, here again, people from all over the world, all different backgrounds, gathered in Italy to talk about directions to take 100,000 poets for change. So um, incredible. You know, it's an incredible thing. This is the thing that's heartening. As long as there are people out there that are doing this, um, and think about the things, the, the people who are in, who are putting their lives at risk in some countries to speak their truth. Oh, yes. Um, you know, we say it, we're, we're not particularly at risk. But... Um, some people, you know, and I don't know if they're in denial. I really doubt that they are because they're brilliant people. They're people full of heart, but they, they're speaking their truth. And um, they're speaking the truth, really. The thing is, as far as not getting down about everything, I think we have to face facts. Um, the the insane, insane people are always going to be with us. They're always going to be... Um, people with uh, unfortunate pathologies that are going to, you know, in America we're seeing some of that come up right now. I won't name any names. Um, and mm-hmm. that's going to happen. But how do, we, how do we counter that? We counter that by not marginalizing people so that they are able to be victimized by these characters. If people, you know, have what they need in life, if they don't feel like they're being marginalized, marginalized, if they feel like they are part of the human community um, in all its best sentences, in all its best sentiments, um, then what attraction is there going to be? Um, yeah. It, it, it's, this is one of the reasons, too, why I want to focus on, on the poet by day um, I want to focus on women's poetry, not exclusively, and minority poetry, not exclusively, but because we everybody has to have a voice. And it's getting better in some countries for these people, not everywhere. And there's still problems even in Western cultures for um, what we used to call social services, special populations, which really, uh-huh. if we were honest, we would say marginalized the populations that we have marginalized. Um, and I, I, one of the things that I want to starting research on uh, is what is being done with poetry programs in prisons and how is that helping people in the prison system? 
Um, Interesting. How is, it, how is it helping people? Uh, I just sent for, I think it's called Across the Yard. It's by uh, uh, Robert Shelton, who for many, many, many years taught poetry classes in the prisons. Um, and uh, uh, there's a gentleman, John Killick, in England who works with people with Alzheimer's. And um, I'm not sure exactly how he gets language out of them or helps them with language, but he does, and he formulates everything into poems for them. Wow. And their families. So, uh, you know, how does poetry heal? It heal poetry and all arts heal us on many different levels and in many different ways. And it bubbles up from that stream that underlies our religions and our cultures, the stream that's not contaminated and um, and is still true and honest. So it's it's uh, I'm fond of talking about my poetry sangha, you know, or depending on somebody's religion, their poetry college or fellowship or whatever, because, mm-hmm. you know, we're supporting each other and we're supporting each other from that stream and I know that sounds really idealistic, but if you think about the space that you go into, what, where your best poems come from, there's that click over, you know, where you're not, you're, you're in a meditative state. You're, and you're surprised sometimes, right, about what you see come up? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you, didn't, you know, I, I'm fond of saying I don't know what I think until I write it because that's where I'm comfortable. My son will say, I don't know what I think until I say it, because in order, uh, his art is conversation. So for somebody else, it might be visual art of some kind. But you you make that shift. You you feel it in your body, you you know. And And you know when you go back over your poem, you know which ones you wrote from that space, and you know which ones are kind of, superficial there's yes, a different quality so to them true. and and i actually i'll be speaking to it a little later but i do find with you know our ability now to reach so many people sometimes i wonder am i am i writing poetry or am i pandering for likes right because i mean there's mm-hmm. there's this ego there's this ego in me that i do try to control and i don't always win but sometimes I feel like my art has turned into, you know, it's it's a factory made Facebook meme, right? <laughs> and but I, I'm I'm driven to post or do something just so I I don't get forgotten. And I, I find with me my my art, whether I'm coloring or painting or writing, it's just a constant dealing with insecurity about myself in the world and poetry has given me a voice right that's um beyond a therapist coach right i really do mm-hmm. credit poetry for my sanity mm-hmm. <laughs> not just my own but others right I, I fall into a poem right it's almost like the uncontaminated stream i love that right because mm-hmm. i know when a when a poet has hit that and they're talking to me, soul to soul, right? Mm-hmm. All the trappings are laid down, and it's just our words and our feelings and our hearts. 
And that's what right, I find. The mask, the mask is gone. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And it's such a relief to shed it. And I just and loved just your whole yourself. statement there. <laughs> it's, um, you're, you're, you're saying that poetry is kind of an anchor for you. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And I, and and I love also how thing. you mentioned your your son as the orator and how his art is conversation and respecting that space. And, you know, I understand totally not everyone's into poems, but, mm-hmm. you know, that that creative spirit, that place, that uncontaminated stream, I think if we could all just get there for a few minutes every day, the world would be a much better place. <laughs> It would be because we it, we the we may shift back, but we are never the same when we come back. We're always a little bit better. And remember that old um, white brotherhood, and that's not a racial reference. The old white brotherhood uh, saying, "Every man step forward is a, is a step forward for all humankind." So mm. every time we do that, we are contributing to the ultimate peace. I love that. It's my opinion. But, um, you know, the whole thing... uh, Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, I was just going to... I Just the evolution and and the poet by day and, you know, the focus, I'm just wondering how you see it evolving. What is is your vision for the future? Um, Well, I... um, There are plenty of places I compose my own poetry. Uh, you know, and, you know, tons of magazines and so forth to send it out. So I'm not really worried about getting my own stuff out there. The people who need to hear whatever it is I have to say will find it. You know, mm. it, our work finds its place. I'm not worried about that. Um, what I do want to do is encourage other people in their art because I really feel that that's critically important. My dream for the world would be, after we settle down and have peace. But I don't think peace can happen unless people are involved in their artistic side. Would be mm. that we get to a point where where incomes are equitable and fair. People work part time at jobs that earn them their bread and then they work at their art, at their family, at their community. Oh. You know? Do the things that feed their heart as well as their body. That would be a wonderful, wonderful thing to happen. Um, you know, I used to teach welfare to work classes, and a lot of people who end up on welfare um, left school at like ninth grade. That's pretty typical, ninth or tenth grade, um, usually because they have you know kinds of problems that contribute to that. And one of the things that I noticed is that um, they may not be too articulate sometimes, depending on their personality and so forth, but they can produce, they've produced some of the most beautiful art. They would bring their drawings or their crafts and stuff in. Lovely, lovely. And it was healing to them, and they needed that. And I was healed by seeing it. There were empty spaces in me that were filled by seeing what they did. Um, so, and we don't need the whole world to know us. We mm-hmm. we don't, you know, the practicalities of earning your living is you have to have a certain amount of name recognition. 
So for me, for example, right now, my my concession to that is all my pictures, all my photographs are going out with my name on them. Yes, and and that that's my concession to that. So, it, it, but you know, we have to think about what we're doing. A lot of people are really grabbing for the likes, grabbing for attention, and 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 actually even stressing over that. And why? Mm. Why? The people who need to hear what you have to say will find you, and you will find the people who have the message that you need to hear. So, no stress. I like so um, needed this today. This is like divine intervention because everything you're saying, I needed to hear. So I'm going to be selfish and take it all away from me. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, I, I think you'll you'll uh, you'll find it humorous when I read the little the little piece I wrote for later. I think <laughs> it's just oh, so okay. spot on with what I hope for the world, and I I think that balance in our lives. Right, I think our art has been so pushed to the back burner, be it through our educational systems or you know lack of government funding or whatnot. You know, people don't get paid to play anymore, and play is frowned upon when it's one of the most important parts of becoming who we're supposed to be, who we were born to be, and getting to know ourselves. Right? We yeah, don't get to know you know, ourselves when we're sitting in a cubicle for nine hours a day punching in numbers. Right? That, you know, that, we need to be able to explore us. That's a critical point. How do you, if, you can't know other people if you don't know yourself. And yeah. you need, we all need to know ourselves. And we live in a very contrived culture where, you know, fame is held out as the be-all and end-all. It's meaningless. I, I um, kind of sideways enjoy, um, um, trying to think, out on a limb, Shirley MacLaine. Yes. And <laughs> she starts off one book, I forget which one it is, and she said she was having a birthday party with a thousand of her best friends. Well, God bless her. I could not keep up with a thousand friends no. in the sense of being best friends. Goodness heavens. I have tons of people in my life that I love and I cherish and I would not want my life to be without them. But the people that I, you know, it works out that we actually have time and place and affinities to sit down and and really talk about things, that's not very many people. And I don't think that's different from other folks. No, not at all. So, so we have the, you know, we have. Um, I love Stephen Fry. Yeah, and he did show where he came to America, and he did a tour of America, and he went to Venice Beach, where everybody is chiseled, and tan, and you know, well, greased, and <laughs> all that kind of stuff. And he said they're so beautiful, they're ugly. And yeah. so. People, we can't even look like, we can't age properly. We can't look like human beings. Um, some friends and I were talking the other, we all love stuff from England, movies and shows from England, and we came to the same conclusion. Part of the reason why we like it is they're not all nipped and tucked. 
real. people on the show is to be us or can be the next door neighbor. Yes. <laughs> you know, so yes. we so we have this pressure to keep looking young. We have, and it's as if you know, if you're beautiful and you're young or you're handsome, you um, that that's almost like it's a virtue. That's not a virtue. It's just what is. Luck. <laughs> kudos. No, kudos to anybody who takes good care of themselves. That's that's a good thing. But yeah. you know, the, and 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 what looks good, it depends on the time you're in. It changes or the no. culture you're in. Exactly. You know, so who cares? Why feel pressured about this? I see some people out there who are getting older and they um um it's like they're they're desperate to keep writing, writing, writing because it's like that's the thing that's gonna keep them from death. Um yeah, that France. Yeah. Hong Kingston, what's her first name? Um oh. I've gonna anyway, my son and I went to a lecture by her. She lives in Stanford, which is not far from us. And uh, anyway, and one of the things she says in one of her books, and she read that portion of this presentation, if she keeps writing, she's in her 70s, maybe it will keep death at bay. And she's not the only one who feels that way. But this is a natural part of life. We see this every time we look at a garden. We see it when we walk by the ocean. uh, We don't know whether it's good or bad. So in the end, you just have to trust that it's, Everything is the way it should be as far as that goes. And live your life while you're living. Mm. Make the you most know, of the opportunity you're given. Don't worry about the next is, opportunity. <laughs> this is this is where we are now, you know. So, okay, this is what we're supposed to be doing now is living on this earth in the material way. What went before and what went after, people can debate about it. None of us really know. So yes. get on with it, you know. Have a good time. You're not going to change it by worrying about it. Writing <laughs> or painting, you know, till the cows come home is not going to stave things off. Now, it does give you motivation for living, and it gives you joy in life, which may extend your life. Um, but That's it's just not a bonus. <laughs> right. Yeah. So, um, but we have all these things that create tension that really we can make the decision to let go of. We don't have to, so much of what we people think they need, they don't really need. We have to learn the difference between need and want. If you learn yeah. the difference between need and want, you you let go of a whole lot of things that make you suffer. Amen. You don't have to I, let advertisers tell you what you need in your house or how you look or whether you need to have a new car. And if other people make a judgment about you, that's their problem. Car's 15 years old. Big deal. Functional. Yeah. I'm cruising in a 99 Nissan because it just won't die. (laughs) (laughs) Makes no sense to get rid of it, so I'm not falling for it, guys. I like no car payment. (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) That's all you need, right? Yes, I had to learn it the hard way, so, right? I mean, in spite of all my parents' many lessons, right? You got to try. You got to learn it on your own. <laughs> well, we, yeah, we all do that. But isn't it a heck of a lot better than stressing over paying car payments every month? Oh, yes. 
Yes. And I mean, that having no car payment means I've got that much more of my time is free for me. Right. And my art. That's right. And, and your art. Dancing in the rain. <laughs> right. No, I mean, that's I'm, why a lot of artists have lived in, famously lived in attics somewhere, right? Yeah. In leaky attics and, you know, because <laughs> they wanted to do their art. They didn't care about the rest of the stuff. That's great. I that's like that. wonderful. <laughs> I would love, I, I, I've loved the conversation here today. I love your sentiments, your thoughts, your visions. And I would love for uh, Roger to come out from the corner and just share his thoughts on this as well because you mentioned some incredibly wise words here today. And I know Roger's over there in the corner feeling it too. So. <laughs> <laughs> and, I, and I know Roger and I share a lot of values. Yes, yes. And that's, so evident in the conversation today. I mean, I could talk to Roger until the cows come home because I'm just fascinated with the wisdom. And again, I find him to be very grounded and centering for me as well. Because I will, I'll run around like a chicken with a head cut off without a good friend to slow me down. <laughs> so <laughs> I did very much needed this for me, and I hope our listeners are, are taking it in as well, for sure. Well, I was are you whispering? <laughs> what? What happened? <laughs> I was, I was going to say, do I, do, I hear you, do I hear you whispering, Roger? This must yeah, really be Roger, resonating with you. Yeah. Is Roger giving <laughs> talking to himself? <laughs> Not always. <laughs> oh. <laughs> you never get in an argument, though. That's what I like about it. Only when you look <laughs> in the mirror. Uh, but uh, no, I, I, there there is a lot of value, and I want to thank Natasha and Jamie from sharing this because the view from my window, so to say, is that I see so much, and you know it's like so many are caught up in this, caught up in that, caught up in bling, new car. Oh, my God, don't need it. Take care of what you got. But we live in a disposable society. Oh, it's six months, I'll get rid of it. I'll get another one. Get another mortgage. Get another this. You don't need it. And that's why I, right. you know, will refer back to Mary Summer Rain occasionally. You know, she's got some wisdom in her books. And, uh, you know, we know this, we know that. But can we really prove anything? Can we prove the infinite universe? No, it's just there. Um, as far as creativity, you don't have to pump out. You don't have to be a painting machine or an art machine or a sound machine. And what we forget about is that we get caught up in, as you say, Natasha, this ego phenomenon and it's like it feeds on itself. And we have to somehow ground, which I have to do. You know, it's nothing that comes easy. And to just appreciate what's out there, these musicians, these artists, these writers, to give them a forum. And uh, it's kind of interesting if we take the Creative Cafe, Creative Nexus Cafe, 
back a few years, it does go back. And I will go in and listen to an episode here or there, some of the people that we've had on here. Um, It's phenomenal. There are so many talented people. Yet the talented people need to come together and stop the insanity that is promulgating this society. And uh, just to say no more nonsense, no more pie in the sky, you know. It's just let's start fresh and move on. Because if we don't do it, someone else is going to do it to us, and it's not going to be very pleasant, right, Natasha? Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah, it hurts. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. And it's Mm -hmm. like, you know, I'm so tired of mainstream television or mainstream and everything is so out of control we turn on our computer and what do we get advertisements you turn on your television some of these good programs which are drama based they're down to maybe 35 minutes of content with another uh, 25 minutes of commercials if we're lucky right but you see the advertising Go ahead. Hello. What happened? You were going to say something. Oh, I didn't realize you. Go ahead. I didn't realize you hadn't finished. Finish what you say, Roger. I did. (laughs) um, You know, we, if we want to be happy and at peace, we have to stop letting Madison Avenue run our lives. We have to stop and, and really say, do I need this? Do I want this? If I want it, why do I want it? Is it an ego prop? Um, I, you know, Facebook, the face in Facebook says it all. Uh, it, it's very narcissistic. Narcissistic. Mm. Um, and I think we have to be really careful about that. Um, I actually don't want to post, post photographs. I've, I've posted very few of me. I don't want to post anymore because I feel like that's buying into um, that whole, you know, whole business uh, of um, I, 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 I. And it's a great tool, but we should control how we use it and not just go with the flow of it. We should control how we use it. We should control how we respond to advertising. Sometimes advertising is good. There is something we need. There is some, you know, some service or product that might be helpful to us uh, in dealing with some challenge in our lives. Um, but, you know, we don't need most of it. All we're doing is cluttering up the earth yeah. with all this stuff. And, yes, it's going to affect economy, but, you know, somehow I think there would ultimately be some kind of balancing out. Um, it, it's ridiculous that we have so many people out of work. Then we have other people, poor people, who are working split shifts at the convenience of a company. Now, think about trying to take care of your kids and raise them and work a, shift, a split shift. Oh. Um, and then, um, you know, we have people who have good professional jobs, but they're getting burned out working 15, 60 hours a week, and everything is about posturing, what I wear, how I look, what kind of briefcase, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. You know, 
It uh, and, and then no time to cultivate their higher self, their better self. Uh, and not which is not to say that these folks are unworthy. They're, they're, I mean, um, I live in the middle of Silicon Valley, and great people, you know, but some of them aren't taking care of taking care of their hearts. Yes, I I did the whole you know the big dream house and the nice new cars and everything else, and you know I was working a hundred hours a week to do that. Mm-hmm. And I was having supper with my husband one night, and I said to him, I said, you know what we've done. I said, we have not mortgaged a house. We have mortgaged our souls. Mm-hmm. Right? Because mm-hmm. it dawned on me that I had made the commitment to continue working 100 hours a week for the next 25 years. <laughs> you, mm-hmm. Right? They say you can, so you do, without any thought. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, I, I, I had a serious conversation after the fact and it was too late right i mean that whole revelation coming after i signed mortgage documents near destroyed me because i was in a panic because i did not want that life (laughs) it was terrible but i mean so many people will destroy themselves trying to hang on and prove that they're worthy i did i mean i fell for the dream right i chased what i was told to chase Right, just like a little puppy dog. Because if but I did, somebody it, else, it was going to be okay. It was yeah. somebody else's dream. And there are people who benefit off of us buying into those dreams. No question. Ultimately, no question. most of us don't benefit from that. Yeah. We may achieve it, and then it can be very easily gone, and that's it. In the meantime, life and- has passed us by, and we haven't done some of the things that we really, that our heart really wants us to do. We may not yeah. even know. We've been so busy, we don't even know what our heart wants us to do. Yes, exactly. And that and that's what we, we got caught up in the, you know, the young professionals, look at them, you know, the mm-hmm. <laughs> What a joke. And I'm so ashamed, mm-hmm. right? I'm so ashamed that I fell for it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. well, no, we had... because look at, look at what we're fed. Constantly, mm-hmm. 24-7. There's nothing Correct. to be ashamed of, right? <laughs> we had a whole episode that we did on enculturation, um, conditioning. Great. Subliminal, Good. subliminal. <laughs> and it's talk. <laughs> I, can, I can hardly stand looking at a television or a computer because you're getting these pop-up advertisements. And I am so sick of Windows 10. I don't have, <laughs> you know, I don't have time to download it. Leave me alone. Windows 7 They're works gonna five. They're going to get you, Roger. They're going to get you. <laughs> well, I know. It's like I've got this set exactly the way I want it. All my programs. Yeah. What do they do? Well, we invented something new that's the best of 7, 8, 9, 10, and 11. Golly. Right. <laughs> oh. But. I you know, leave me alone. <laughs> and when they offer, what do you have, Natasha? I'm Windows 10. Oh my God! How do you stand it? <laughs> I don't. That's why I. That's why I'm always on my phone because I don't know how to work my computer anymore. <laughs> well, you know, you know what, Natasha? Delete it. You've got a time period. You can delete it. Go back to seven. Well, 
<clears throat> I think it updated on its own. I my my hubby bought me a new laptop because oh. the other one I was the keyboard I had spilled coffee on my keyboard. So it there just, were no more letters like, on look, the keys. <laughs> I go to turn on this computer and every single time updating. Forty eight oh, updates to God. install. So it takes me like a good hour just to get on to a Word document and type a few words. So See if see if you I, can go back to seven. I did. You can revert I back? I reverted back. You just huh. you know, you'll have to check it out. But I had I had Windows ten. I took one look at it and I said that's enough. <laughs> but you should be able to revert back. It's just like when they went from XP. Yeah, look into that. XP was great, <laughs> but you need to have Windows. You know, it's like I don't need it. If if it there's an old saying, if it does, if it's not broken, don't fix it. Yes. Oh, but that's not and, the computer industry. <laughs> yeah, you know, and yeah. you know, it's like I'm all happy with the way it is. I I tried it. I didn't like it. And they're offering it for free, so there's something wrong with that right away. Um, but, you know, it's like 1,000,000.1 people have gone to Windows 10, and then they've never been seen again. Yeah, right. <laughs> but I there's got to be... That. What do you do, Mac? Yeah. That's okay. If it works for you and you're yeah. happy with it. But yeah, see, that's what I, I, I bought. I, I, that my my daughter that. operates on a Mac, and I think I'm envious. I know I shouldn't be, but for some reason, her experience seems to be a whole lot smoother than mine. <laughs> well, you know, it's like I think if it's they're what you give... get used to to some degree. Yes, sure. Well, yeah, and I've been using the Windows experience all the way back to XP, which which was fine, and I didn't want to upgrade that. But I hear there are still holdouts on XP. That was a smooth system for me, you know. And then hmm. now you've got this Windows 10 with all these squares that show up and pictures <laughs> that you don't need. You know what I mean, Natasha? Oh, yes, all too well. <laughs> but, no, check into reverting back and see if you can do that. But I don't yeah, know. Maybe no, there's going to sure. come a day when... You know, when I wake up and it's it's like it's Windows 10 and that's all I've got, and I will be very unhappy because I'm sitting here with two, four, six, eight, nine pages that are open, and it's like I can get from one to the other, no problem. But that's the thing with our society. It's being hypnotized into thinking that it needs this, it needs that. You know, mm-hmm. you don't need it. You don't need GMOs. You don't need stuff like that. But we're going to do it for whatever reason. And all these illnesses, I cannot not believe that a lot of the illnesses we're seeing are coming from uh, food products. Now, Jamie, uh, we're, uh, how far are you from Los Angeles? Oh, I have no idea, but it's the other side of California. Oh, so I'm you're quite a ways. I'm in I'm in the San Francisco area. Oh, okay. Because you know yeah. they had that gas leak north right. of Las uh, Did they ever get that fixed? Um, don't know. I didn't follow up on that. And of course, we had 
a huge explosion a few years ago here where many people died and a lot of oh, people no. were uh lost their homes it was oh. it was very very tragic um and then of course you read about places like um that Michigan where they had it's where you are aren't you in Michigan yep mm. um the lead in the water oh that's flint that's a tragedy people need to be tarred and vinegar and no no uh no reason for that there was no reason why that had to happen as as near as i can tell from reading it unless i don't understand what i've read no they allowed that to happen they allowed children mm. babies mothers infants to right. be poisoned mm-hmm. now if that's not a heinous crime i don't know what is but this right. guy this this oligarch that's running Michigan, he's getting away pretty good, isn't he? He'll just yeah. fade away. He'll just fade away. But that's yeah. And it's not that people aren't protesting this. Michael Moore has been into it. But mm. there's something in the machine that's not working to get this stuff. Well, that that's the beauty of the machine and the bureaucracy, right? Bureaucracy mm-hmm. creates a complete void of accountability, right? No one steps Mm -hmm. up to take the blame. It's this department, it's that department, but you've got no person, right? It's a complete void, a wormhole that you'll never escape from if you dare to try to rally the system, right? Mm -hmm. It's ridiculous, level after level of, oh, Sorry. <laughs> now, now remember, this is the future that we all dreamed of 20 years ago. Mm. But it was a, wasn't well, a dream; it was a nightmare. Yeah. But, mm-hmm. but to come to this to this place, where I have never th- seen such horrendous actions from people. I mean, it's like people are going out and shooting people every day, and it's well, it seems like it's okay, you know. Yeah. Yeah. It becomes a uh, soundbite. Right, it's terrible. But if Flint is happening, so is it happening in other places. Mm. Oh, sure. And places and where we'll never hear about it. It'll yeah. Oh, no. Well, let's see. Kalamazoo, Michigan, also had an oil spill a few years ago, about three years ago. And, um, you know, the Great Lakes, they've got those um, mini... Uh, plastic particles in the Great Lakes, which are pro- supposedly horrendous, you know. But, you know, there's your tap. Mm-hmm. Go drink some water. You know, it's fine. Yeah. It's fine. So the thing is to move forward and to try and get some people to wake up. I mean, you know, the trees, the horrible things that they're doing to trees with the pesticides. And it's like, it it seems like someone's got a self-destruct button that they're pushing on planet Earth, you know. And we've seen so many different programs on the oceans. Oh, I just saw something interesting here on uh, Fukushima. Uh, and Fukushima is really doing uh, a job on uh, the oceans and things like that. So what can you do about it? I don't know. All I know is that I sign petitions and I do this and that. But once they found out I did, then it's like my box is overflowing. 
Mm. And it's like overwhelming. And it's like, you know, if I want to choose to donate to you, I want to be able to do that. Don't tell me what to do. So the other side of the coin is just as interesting as the one side. One side is, you know, doing it, and then the other side is sending a petition to sign. And then there was this something that I got where if I sign it, I also spend $5. So are they not as wrong as the people that are doing the evil deeds? So I stopped. And these it's are, a sin that always comes down to uh, you don't know what to do anymore. You don't know what is, like I said, sincere and honest and genuine in its intense. And yeah. that's where I, I find I always get confused. And I, you know, it's I'm one of those naive souls, right? I believe what I'm told. <laughs> well, when they tell me. I rather I'm doubt being... that. But it's confu- it is confusing. Yeah. Everybody's doing the shyster business. <laughs> it's <laughs> absolutely <laughs> terrible. And well, the thing we've is... we kind of created a society where that seems to be what, you know, unfortunately a lot of people respect and look up to, right? I mean, it's the size of the bank account and the car you're driving, right from where we went to the last part of the conversation. That's why some people will do that, right? They're just... right. And <sighs> Facebook, which we mentioned in passing, I get old messages and old posts from, you know, Facebook. might be the day before. And I'm looking, I'm thinking, why am I getting that today? You know, pass me mm-hmm. by. Why yeah. I thought about that, why I thought about that is because um, I happened to pull up a Meanwhile in Canada, Twitter, uh-huh. at Meanwhile in Canada, <laughs> Caution, really? trees don't move. Yeah. Uh, people don't that know. That people, yeah. <laughs> what do we got? What, what, what like do we Indian got? Humor, eh? <laughs> yeah. Well, down the ski slopes, you know, you want to be careful. Trees don't move. They're not going to jump out of your way. <laughs> it is or just incredible. <laughs> that was me. <laughs> Well, once you hit a few of them, they kind of sink in. Unless you send a bono. Oh, that was sad. That was sad. Sorry. Yeah. There's a couple more. Something happened to some other people. Let's see. I'm looking at running with crayons. That's That's a pretty... Did you do that? Yes. With Sharpies? Oh, very nice. Did you do the Madonna with the heart? Natasha, did you do the Madonna with the heart that's showing on the screen today? Oh, no, I don't think that one was me. Oh, I like it. I'm sorry, not the heart, the kitty. She's got a kitty in her arms. No, no. It's wasn't I. Oh. Yeah, the colors aren't. They're vibrant as you you usually do very vibrant jewel colors. That's the, Matt's the, piece, isn't it? Is it? Could very be. 
I'm just waiting for it to come up again. I keep missing it because I have my Twitter and Facebook open. <laughs> we have yeah, everything open. It's learning how to be dexterous with you know, the phone on the ear and then the other hand operating <laughs> the, the uh, Well, the thing is, too, is to get people to think we're not teaching thinking in schools anymore. It's this impulse buying. It's this impulse this or that. Or, you know, you get angry, so you pick up a gun. You know, it's impulsive. Well, we need to get them to embrace their art, to know themselves, to find what their passions are, be it poetry, painting, photography, right? Get them to find those parts of themselves that, you know, just bring them to life. When I'm when I'm creating, right. I feel alive, right? right? And I and I'm hopeful, and I'm confident, and I'm happy, mm-hmm. right? I mean, we're this this desperate search for a definition of happiness. It's a pack of crayons and a coloring book for me. Right? It's just that simple. And right. I think if people, you know, they can be happy. They can be striving to be more. But they can find that happy place now. It's not based on anything that they have or anything else, just what's inside of them and allowing that to come out. It's just We're a all born creators. inside all of us. Yeah. Yes. It's, it's, you know, not everybody is made to live in their head. Some, obviously, three of us are. But, um, <laughs> but still, even for... You know, the average person, there's a wealth inside them. Um, I have to tell you a story that I think both of you will appreciate. Uh, A number of years ago, I went to a drumming circle, and um, the young man had just come back from Africa, and he brought all these beautiful, exotic drums that were, I don't have enough of an ear to know, you know, how good they were uh, as far as making music, but they were aesthetically beautiful to look at, all of them handmade. And I said to him, so what was your biggest takeaway from your trip to Africa? And he said, well, I was driving along one day and I saw a young woman and she had um, a bundle of uh, firewood that she was balancing on her head walking home. And I stopped and offered her a ride. And she looked at me and she said, oh, no, thank you. If I get a ride today, I'll expect a ride tomorrow. And, hmm. um, to, you know, that kind of goes to what we're talking about, yeah. expectations, and and I thought it was a wonderful story. Anyway, what you guys would appreciate, it's your kind of story. Oh, yeah. The truth is in the simplicity of that, right, and our expectations, mm-hmm. and, right. man, they've made me miserable over the years. <laughs> Speaking of little tidbits yeah. of information, I just saw a post, which I had forgotten about, uh, New York City's nuclear power plant leaking uncontrollable radioactive flow into the Hudson River. That'll take care of us. We don't need no wars. And that was posted by uh, Judy DeRosa. But it's like, we don't need wars. We're doing it to ourselves. Incredible. It's incredible. I, I mean, I'm in a country that's, you know, built its entire economy around the oil industry and the tar sands and, you know, environmental 
chaos for the sake of crude and, you know, no backup plan, right? An entire country that relies on one natural resource to the point it destroys us when the market's saturated, right? So, mm-hmm. Well, they're going to take care of that. Green energy, right? And yeah. the, the leaps and bounds that are being made, right? How can you... Oh, sorry. <laughs> no, that's fine. Because people need to think about these things. If you don't agree, that's fine. But if you do agree, do something. And it's just like right. they it's said definitely, this. It's affected what I can spend on my poetry books and my art. <laughs> because well, I'm, gas I'm is, always... Gas is good, gas, yeah. is, gas is going down some more, they said. I don't know what the so game they're them. playing. I get most of my art and books from the States, and my dollar ain't holding water right now. <laughs> Really? Yeah, oh my goodness! Cents, I think is what my dollars worth. So it makes a difference when you add shipping well, it, and all that good stuff on. Well, it was up right. over the dollar, wasn't it? Who who, it who was, took that? Yeah. What happened? What a price of oil! Oh, oh! Runs hand in hand with the price of a barrel of oil. <laughs> Mm-mm-mm. No, we yeah. are definitely in some serious times, and uh, we need more of this. And uh, I think we're going to be moving more in that direction. So, well, you've been uh, saying it for years, Roger, that it, you know, I, I think what we're finally seeing, and I mean, I think the price of oil, all that is a, you know, we're waking up, and, you know, change is always difficult. But the shift is happening, right? I mean, us three having this conversation from three different points on the globe, right? There's a mm-hmm. lot of folks like us. And if we do come together and poets for change, putting the word out there in spite of the fact that, you know, media is not covering it, we you just keep putting it out there and eventually it becomes so loud they have to acknowledge it. Well, I think there's a, a wave that's coming, and that wave is going to be very similar to maybe what it was for the early movements, the environment movements, uh, the peace movements, because it's like it's ridiculous to be controlled by a bunch of people who can press your button and you feel angry when you look at a picture or press your button and you run out at 2 o'clock in the morning for a burger. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> Right. It's, that's absolutely ridiculous. Um, but, you know, at one level with all this stuff going on, that's another reason for us to be sort of um, well self-contained mm-hmm. because we need to do our thing as just passionately as possible and um, as rationally as possible. Hmm. Just my feeling, you know, <clears throat> and also to do, to be able to be okay in this moment. Yeah. Even though all this other stuff is going on. Um, because we know that there's a lot of people working for this, 
And in the end, you know, people are worried about the earth, the earth, the earth. The real issue is us. We're the ones that are vulnerable. The earth will survive. It will change. It will toss us up, throw us out, and start again. So, and if the human race doesn't survive, well, you know, we don't really know what that's about. But in this no, moment, we don't. It's, ours, it's, it's ours to do. It's ours to do our job as best we can in the sense of alleviating suffering. And there are people suffering who can't get clean water, who there can't even go. shower in the water without getting sick. There are kids who are starving to death before the age of five. You know, those those are to me are the reasons for doing the work. Mm. It, it's up to alleviate the suffering, that suffering that's going on right now. And um, we're not the only ones. It's just that people like us and the movements we're doing don't really make news. Yeah. Nobody knows about it. That's why we have to talk to each other. And that's why that's we right. support each other. And keep programs like this going. That's right. Amen. Well. I, I, speaking of going, and I you see guys that do it, a good job. Well, thank you. So do you. Yeah, very, yeah very we just ran out the clock. <laughs> so we're going to. Well, thank you. <laughs> wow. Well, come back again. Don't be a stranger. I would love to. I would love to. Okay. I'm going to put you in touch with a few people that I think thank you. Uh, you would enjoy and they would enjoy you. Thanks. Awesome. So thank okay. you, thank Natasha. You, Thank you, Thank Jamie. Thank you, Roger. Thank you, Roger. Oh, that was you. <laughs> we're gonna close online. Okay, we're gonna close it off with Mothra and Forest. See you next time. See ya. Bye.